You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway.
Church, we are so glad that you are here worshiping with us, whether you're in person or online. Uh, let's remember that God calls us, as it says in the Psalm 100, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Let's do that together.
morning and welcome to church. It's great to have you worshiping here at Midway United Methodist Church this morning. I'm Amanda Lane, one of the pastors. Today is a special day because we get to welcome high school graduates and the men from No Longer Bound. You'll see a QR code on the screen. This QR code will take you to our What's Happening page where you can find information about everything that's happening here at Midway UMC. To scan the QR code, hover your phone over it and click the pop-up. Do you know what else you can do on the What's Happening page? You can register your attendance. You can also register your attendance by scanning the gray QR code in the seat pocket in front of you. Mother's Day is coming up. It's Sunday, May 14th. We are preparing a special slideshow for the moms and mother figures in our life. Share your picture of your mom or a mother figure by May 9th to Judy at MidwayUMC.org, and we will add it to the slideshow. May 28th through June 4th, we get to host Family Promise. During this week, our church becomes home to the families in the program. We need people to serve in several different areas, set up and clean up, preparing dinner for the families, or staying as overnight host. To sign up, see the What's Happening page. May 28th is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day we celebrate the Holy Spirit descending on the disciples and empowering them to preach the gospel. We'll gather together to celebrate this special Sunday with one service in the sanctuary at 10 a.m. Thank you for your continuous generosity and faithfulness to the mission and ministry of Jesus through our church. Here at Midway, there are three ways to give. In person, just drop your envelope in one of the offering plates. Online, through the website or the Midway app. And finally, you can also send a check through the mail. More information can be found in the midweek or the What's Happening page. We're glad you're here. Welcome to worship. And one more very special announcement that did not make it on the screens. Miss Alice Foster is here today, and she today is her birthday. She is 91 years old. Congratulations, Miss Alice. We are excited to welcome the men of No Longer Bound. I'd like to invite um, Moses to come up for our opening prayer this morning. Uh, let's bow our heads to pray. Oh Lord, our God, we gather today to give you thanks and praise your greatness. We praise your mighty works to the whole world. We praise you for your wonderful deeds. Your power is limitless. Your wisdom is unparalleled. Your grace is overwhelming. Your love is never failing. You promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Let us worship in your spirit and truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And I'd like to also invite, uh, yes, thank you. I'd like to also invite Will to come forward. He's going to share a little bit about um, 
every year the church offers an angel tree and um, we provide gifts for you and for your family. And so um, he wants to tell you how that has affected him. Hey, I'm Will. Um, I've been at No Longer Bound for the past nine months. So I got there in August of last year. If y'all don't know what No Longer Bound is, it's a 12 month, a year long regeneration program for men struggling with addiction. Um, not too far from here, about 10 minutes down the road. Uh, so one of the most daunting things I think of when you enter into No Longer Bound is one being the fact that you're going to be there for a year and giving up a year of your life to work on yourself, but the simple fact of what you're giving up and the things you're going to miss when you go in there for a year. The, the birthdays, the holidays, one of those specifically being Christmas. That was a big one for me. I love Christmas. That's what I love, especially with my family. So when that time came around, um, they made an announcement. They said, hey, the congregation at Midway Church does this every year and they would like to help y'all get gifts for your family. At first, I was like, okay, what's the catch? Something's got to be, there's got to be a catch here. And they said, no, they do this every year. They just want y'all to be able to take something home to your families. And that took me back. That humbled me, knowing where I was. Um, just knowing a big part of the process at No Longer Bound is that reconciliation with your family. So to be able to show up Christmas morning, I chose my nieces and my nephews to give gifts to. For them, it was all about the gifts, but for my brothers, it was, it was the effort. It was to show that I was changing, um, to show that I, I was truly becoming the man that they knew I could be, but ultimately starting to see it in myself. So um, on behalf of the guys here at No Longer Bound, um, and me personally, I just want to say thank you um, for what y'all do um, and the way we come in there pretty broken. Um, and just to, to, it's easy to also forget and just feel like you're just, you go into this place and you're forgotten in the community, you're forgotten in the world that you know is so fast-paced and continue to go on a daily basis, and you're just there. So um, just want to say thank you for reminding us that we're not forgotten, um, that we aren't beyond love, even in some of our darkest and most challenging times, even by people that we don't know and may never meet. So I am grateful for the opportunity to actually meet and put some faces to those people that so graciously gave to us and being a part of this community. So thank you. It's now my pleasure to invite our children to come forward for our children's sermon this morning. Good morning, friends. How are you guys this morning? I'm so glad to see you guys here. So who here has some stuffed animals at home? Okay. We call them stuffies at my house. Um, who, put your hands down, who has a stuffy that is really, really special to you? Okay. I'm going to tell you a story about my friend. My friend and her family went on a trip to Florida. And on their way home, their daughter Lexi, there's our Lexi, but they have a daughter named Lexi. And she had a whole bag of stuffies with her. They were all really special to her. And they stopped at McDonald's, got some lunch, got back into the car, headed down the road. They're about two hours down the road when Lexi is going through her bag and she finds her flamingo, finds her kitty, her puppy, her llama, but her lanny's not in there. So they pull over, they go through the entire car, no lanny. So parents are like, has to be at McDonald's. So they called McDonald's. McDonald's says, yep, found it in the booth. There, there was her lanny. You know what they did? 
They turned around and drove two hours back to get Lammy. Right? And you know what? So her flamingo was super important to her. Her puppy, her kitty, they were all important to her. So she couldn't just leave one behind. She had to have her Lammy. So they went back and got her Lammy. And that story reminds me of a story that's in the Bible. Can I tell you guys about that story? Okay. It's not about stuffies, but. So I've got my little book here. I know this is a children's Bible, but see right here. you through the book. I was going to read it to you, but there is a story in the Bible. Perfect. It was on the lost son, not the lost sheep. Um, and it is called the lost sheep. So hers really was a lammy. And this really is about the lost sheep. And it says, some people wondered who was most important to God. So Jesus told them a, what have we been talking about for the past few weeks? A, a parable. That's exactly right. So he said, think about a shepherd. What does he do? He watches over his sheep. He gives them plenty of food. He gives them plenty of water. He counts them up to make sure they're all there. If one is lost, he goes and looks for it. He looks in the barn. He looks in the stream. He looks in the hills, and he looks everywhere. Even though he still has his 99 sheep, he's got to find that one sheep. The shepherd does not give up. At last, he finds his lost sheep. He carries it back. He calls his friends together, and they say, let's celebrate. I found my lost sheep. Jesus said God loves every one of his children like a shepherd loves his sheep. When one of them sins, it is like a sheep that has gone astray, and God is very sad. But when the person turns away from their sin and comes back to God, he is very, very happy. He celebrates like a shepherd who has found his lost sheep. So the Bible says that if, if the shepherd has 100 sheep, and he counts them, and one is missing, is he just going to be like, oh, that stuffy's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll get a new one. Is he going to say that? No. He is going to go and find that lost sheep, right? Because that one is just important to him, just as important as the 99. And that's talking about you guys. So each of you is as important as everyone else. You're even as important as the pastor, to God. You know that? We are all so important. And it makes God so happy when we turn away from the bad stuff and we come back to him. So just remind yourself that you are important to God. Say, I'm important to God. That's right. Now, can we say a prayer and help us to and ask God to help us to remember that? All right, everyone bow your heads. Repeat after me. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for this parable. Thank you for loving us as much as the other 99. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can head back to the back door to go downstairs or back to your parents.
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have just to be here and to worship your name as a family of Christ, knowing that you are here with us right now. Lord, thank you because your presence here, we can feel. We can feel your Holy Spirit filling our hearts with joy and with assurance that you are here and you have mercy over us, you have grace upon us, Lord, and, and you love us unconditionally. Lord, we just pray that this moment we, um, your Holy Spirit touches us in a way that we can learn from your word, we can experience your presence and your power and your love and your grace and your mercy. And that we leave here today transformed by your word. Lord, we, we pray for the no longer bound family that is here. We're, we're so glad that they're here with us today. They are an important part of, of who we are as a church. And we also pray, Lord, for the ones that are not here today. The ones that are out there in need of finding a way back to relationship with you. Lord, we pray this in your name as we also pray the, the prayer that your son Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me tell you a story. There was a time when Jesus was sitting down with people to eat when some pastors and church leaders saw him and complained that he was eating with sinners. Then Jesus told them this story. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. 
the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Yeah. That's an awesome story, isn't it? How many of us have heard this story before or have read the Bible, uh, have read this story before? A lot of us, right? So we know pretty much what we're going to talk about today, right? So um, this is the parable of the lost sheep. Mr. Shepherd had 100 sheep, right? So he had 100 sheep and he, um, and then he loses one. He lost one sheep. How many sheep does he have left? 99, you say, right? The crowd earlier today said 100, and I think they were right. I'm going to prove you that. I'm going to prove you that that's, uh, that's right. Are you confused right now? Yeah. If you are, that's great, because that's the idea. I want, you get, I want to get you confused a little bit, because then we're going to have a solution together. All right? We're going to study the word together today, and we'll learn uh, what, what that means. So this text is that we're reading today, Matthew 18, verses 12 through 14, is a, um, pretty much all of us know this text very well, right? It's a short passage, but there is so much meat, there is so much to understand in this passage, and um, I assumed I already knew everything about it. Even going through seminary and, and studying this passage many times, I thought I knew everything about it. But there are some gems hidden in this text, and, uh, and we're going to learn about them today. And I hope the Holy Spirit really interprets what we're going talk to talk about today to you. So you are um, you're going to be transformed, and you're going to see this, this text from a different lens, with another perspective, right? Because this is, this is a very good one. Uh, so let's, uh, if you have your Bible with you today, let's uh, open our Bible on the book of Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Matthew 18, 12 through 14. Or you can read it on the screen. There, it's in the screen, right? Yeah. I'm reading off of the NIV version. What do you think if a man owns 100 sheep and, and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that is wandered off? And if, I, and if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. So there is, a, there is Jesus teaching his disciples another one of his beautiful parables, right? Another one of his beautiful stories, convicting stories. And he was telling this parable and they, uh, so they could understand the character of the Father. They, the, he, Jesus wanted them to understand. That was Jesus' main mission on earth was to, to have his disciples understand the character of the Father. Who is my Father? How does my father do things? How does he think? How does he love me? That was Jesus' main goal, was to teach about God. Right? And so, there he was there teaching this parable. And so Jesus thought that the father, as a good shepherd, cares for all sheep, but seeks the ones that are lost. 
The ones that he never gives up on them until they are found. He goes after them. He seeks them each and every day until they are found. But listen, there are, there are a few nuances in this text, and I, I want you under, to understand. In order to be a sheep, first you have to be part of a fold, right? First you have to be in relationship. And then God seeks out to you, searches for you. But what I began to wrestle with in this text is, and I think you have wrestled with this in the past, uh, I mean, studying this, this passage as well is, uh, okay, Scripture says that the shepherd will go after the one that is lost. We're, using, uh, we're used to, to reading this text with that, in that perspective. Oh, if I am, if I am lost, if I am the, that one that is lost, and so Jesus will go after me, and he will find me, and he'll bring me back to the fold, and this is pretty good. I love being one of, uh, you know, that one that Jesus is going to, to look for. I love being the one that Jesus is going to go after. Because then if I'm lost, I'm, off, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be all right. But here's the problem. If I see myself as one of the, the lost one that the shepherd seeks, I'm good. I know God has got me. I'm going to be all right. I don't know what to do, but Jesus will come after me and he will find me. But I don't know you I have made this question, myself, this question many times. But what if I am one of the 99? What if you are one of the 99? Does that mean that I'm going to be left behind, unprotected? Does that mean that God is going to look for that one sheep that is lost and I'm going to be by myself here with my brothers and sisters on the hills? unprotected? Does that mean that I'm going to be in danger of another wolf coming and, and, and stealing one of my brothers and sisters or even myself? And am I going to be in danger of being killed? Does that mean that? What happens if the shepherd comes back and with that one that is lost and there's no other sheep left because they were all scattered away? They were stolen they were killed. They weren't there anymore. That was a question that I asked myself. And it's, I think that's a pretty valid question because according to this short scripture, three verses, Jesus is going to, to care more or to, to, to love more to, to, to having found that one that was lost than with the other 99. This is why it's so important that, that whenever you're reading scriptures, to, to have a conversation with scriptures, to have a conversation with the text, because the text always has things that the Holy Spirit will show you. You know, have you, have you ever heard or, or read your Bible several times or this particular uh, chapter or, or story or parable uh, several times, and every time you read your scripture, God spoke to you in a different way? Have you ever had this experience of God telling you things, different things through His Holy Spirit in the same text? So this is why it's so important to, to, 
to have a conversation with the text because the text has a solution to our problem. So Jesus was teaching his disciples about how much God cares, right? The parable exists to show the, the pleasure God takes in finding the lost, in turning, in turning outsiders into insiders, right? And to, to bring back the lost ones. So Jesus says that the shepherd rejoices in going after the sheep that cannot find a way back by themselves. And there are some very interesting things I'd like to point out to you. So besides that first grade math problem or riddle that I had for you before, right? Shepherd had 100 sheep, loses one, how many is left? The Bible says on verse 12 that he leaves the 99 on the hills and goes search for the one that is lost. The shepherd is aware of his responsibility, of his responsibility. He went search for the lost sheep. But uh, I read a book one time. The name is Poet and Peasant. I don't know if you've heard, heard about this book or read this book before. It's by uh, Kenneth Bailey. And he explores the passage with a lot of depth. A lot of depth. And he explains that only a rich man would have a fold so numerous like this. He says that a normal family, an average family, would have 5 to 15 sheep tops. Not more than 5 to 15 sheep. So 100 sheep was so much for it was too much for an ordinary family to own, for an ordinary shepherd to have. That means that his assumption is that the shepherd didn't probably own all the 100 sheep he had, but he was commissioned by the owner of the sheep responsible for them to take care of them. So he was like a, a sheep sitter, right? Kind of thing. He was taking care of his own and taking care of someone else's sheep at the same time. But the bottom line here is that he had an obligation. He had to find for that one that was lost because he was accountable for it. Or at least what was left of that sheep. Because he never, he, he didn't know what he was going to find when he found that sheep. But the bottom line here is that he had an obligation to find that one. And he had to be accountable to the owner of the sheep. He had to be faithful to the commitment he made with the owner. Now the intriguing part is this. Jesus taught us that if we, if, if, if we have 100 sheep... And then if we, we lose one, we must, must seek that lost one, right? That's what the text is saying. But as I told you before, there is, the, the, there is a problem, right? In, the, in that parable, the shepherd leaves. He specifically said in the text, he leaves the, 90, the 99 on the hills. Then you ask, Pedro... Jesus is saying the shepherd will be happier finding that one that is lost than with the other 99. I'm not lost. I am one of the 99. That the shepherd is so busy with seeking the one sheep that is lost that he will leave me unprotected. He has to take care of the 99. 
He can't leave him unprotected. He can't leave me unprotected. He can't just leave me there on the hills and go away. I'll get stolen. I'll get distracted. I'll get eaten alive by animals. This doesn't make sense to me. But now listen to the solution of the problem. Let's go back to verse 12 a little bit. So we'll read that again. But before I read the, 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 this scripture again, the, the verse 12, I'm going to leave you with two questions. So you can read this with these two questions in your mind. What if I see myself as one of the 99 left on the hills? Does that mean I'm going to be left behind or unprotected? Let's read it again. What do you think, he says in verse 12, if a man owns 100 sheep and one of them is wonder, one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? So let's focus a moment on the verb to leave. When he says, will he not leave the 99? So doing a little stu uh, word study, right? In Greek, the verb to leave is the word apiemi. Apiemi. If you are a Greek scholar, I apologize for how I pronounced the word, right? But um, you get the idea. It's the word apiemi. And it doesn't mean the shepherd will leave them alone. See, it doesn't mean that he leaves them unprotected. Because the verb to leave in Greek, the word apiemi means to send away, to send forth. How cool is that? That's cool, isn't it? He's not leaving them. He is giving them something to do. He was, he was sending them forth. He was giving them responsibility. So my answer to this thought that the shepherd will leave the 99 unprotected comes in the form of challenge. Because Jesus loves challenging us, right? And I want to challenge you to think like this. The shepherd doesn't go out to seek the one by himself, leaving the, ones, the other ones behind. Rather, he sends forth the 99 and gives them something to do. In that moment, when the shepherd leaves the 99, they become responsible for taking care of one another. They become responsible for helping the sheep to seek the lost by taking care of one another. Church, this is church. This is church right here. So imagine if each one of the 99 seeks for one or takes care of one. He would not lose any other sheep in that fold at all. We must take responsibility. Accept the challenge of taking care of one another. Of be, to be church together. Take ownership. For the ones among ourselves and the ones that can eventually get lost. We don't know. We never know. Or the ones that are already lost among us and don't know yet. 
struggling with life. So let's take a quick look again at verse 14. It says, Our Father in heaven is not willing that any, look at this, any of these little ones should perish. He's, he's talking about all 100 sheep, 100% of his sheep, any of them. This is Jesus' model, everybody. This is Jesus' model. Jesus sought us when we were lost. And the reason I'm here today and the reason you are here today is because once you were lost and now you are found. He cared for the ones inside the faith. For instance, the 12 disciples, right? He called them when they were all over the place. Brought them into relationship with the Father, with Him. And gave them something to do. To go out in the world and seek for the ones that are lost. To bring them into relationship. That's how Jesus does things. He just don't, don't, don't go look for the one that is lost and leaves the, ones, the, the other ones behind. He gives them something to do. He did it with the disciples back then. And He does that with us today. It's our responsibility as well. To search for the ones that are lost. Caring for one another. Going out and searching for, for others. So, the search for the lost is not only mine. Absolutely not mine. Only. The search for the lost is not Pastor Amanda's job only. Or Pastor Jenny's job only. Or, uh, or church leaders' responsibility. Or uh, any uh, chair of any council or committee in the church. It's not their responsibility only. It's not a church, uh, 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 church staff responsibility only. It's our responsibility as a church to seek for the ones that are lost. But the insiders, the member of the body of Christ, also have ownership of the sheep. Each of us are responsible. Midway, as far as I, as far as I can see, since when I started here in April of last year, you guys are doing a pretty good job at that. You really are. You've done it to me. You've done it to me. I was broken when I, when I joined. Coming from a very not so great appointment. But when I arrived here, I received so much love. So much love. So much care. That if I, I, I felt that the 99 sheep was embracing me and making me their own because of you guys. So the search for the lost is our responsibility. This is the, the famous, the priesthood of all believers. Have you heard about the priesthood of all believers? If you're an Emmaus person, you've heard this a lot. The priesthood of all believers. We were all given a title in the church, right? In the kingdom of God. 
So the priesthood of all believers is this. You can find this in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 that says that to him, to Jesus, right, who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us, listen, has made us to be kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever again. Kingdom and priests. You are kingdom and priests. You are not only the ones that went to seminary, not only the ones that have a diploma or a certificate of a Bible college, all of us are kingdom and priests responsible for all the sheep that are out there and in here too. The other part that, uh, that the Bible talks about the priesthood of all believers is in the book, the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, You also, like living stones, are, are being built. Listen. <laughs> you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Does that make sense to you? Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now going back to Matthew 18, the parable of the lost sheep. Ten chapters later, on Matthew 28, we receive the great commission. A great commission to go and make what? Disciples. To go and make disciples. So after the great commission, my friends, Jesus emphasized that. And all 99 sheep that were on the hills while he was searching for the one that was lost became shepherds. Jesus is giving us all the responsibility, each one of us, to take care of one another. To make sure that no one else gets lost. To help seek as he goes seek for the one that is lost. We are made kingdom priests. Kingdom priests. All of us. We are sent forth. Each one of us responsible for all sheep. So what I'd like to tell you today is we need to keep working together, right? As a church. Together we can do greater things, right? We've always heard this. Jesus calls you and I to go forth. He sends us forth to bring, uh, to bring the lost back into relationship with the Father, into discipleship. Pastor Amanda will be talking about discipleship in the next few weeks as we continue on this, uh, this worship series of, of parables. But because we know, we, we know here at the, in this church that wandering around will make us be in danger, right? Wandering around alone we are in danger. Being a Sunday morning, or worse than that, being a twice a month Sunday morning Christian will, will put us in danger. Because church doesn't happen only on Sunday mornings. You know that. Who are you listening to when you're not in church? <laughs> Who are you watching when you're not in church? What kind of content are you feeding yourself with when you're not here? 
Following the wrong shepherds will get us killed, everyone. The world outside is full of wolves disguised as sheep. Inside the faith, into relationship with the Father. Relationship with our shepherd, our creator, our savior. We're safe. Outside, we're not. You are not. Our children are not. They can be very convincing out there. But their goal is to get you lost and spiritually dead. So Jesus went out to find us. Because he's a good shepherd. And if you're here right now, it's because you're found. But in order to accept that challenge of being one of the 99 that is taking care of one another and helping Jesus go out to find the one that is lost, to be sent forth, first we need to be in relationship. We need to be at least one of the 100. Not being in relationship with our shepherd, we're much more at risk of falling for wolves disguised as sheep. We were called to influence and seek the way the shepherd does. When I look around and outside here, I see people who need to find their way back to the sheep pen. But Pedro, these sheep are so different than us. These sheep are from a different breed than me. They sound different. They have an accent like me. Right? I don't feel comfortable having them around me. Let's just keep them out and pray, because we're Christians, right? And then we pray that someone else will find them, because we don't need them here. Let me tell you something. There are lost sheep within us. So let's be shepherd in their lives. Oh, but I have enough of my own problems to deal with. The other 99 sheep's job is to make sure that no one else gets lost. No one else. And if we do our part, how much more will God pursue us and keep us safe when we need Him? There is an urgency, brothers and sisters. There is an urgency. That we do what needs to be done. That we, we get ownership of Jesus' challenge to us to go out and make a difference. There is an urgency. And I challenge you today, as a church, which I know is doing a great job already. But I challenge you to think of one person, one person. From your church, from our church, that needs a phone call, that needs a, needs a visit, that needs a text message of encouragement, that needs direction, that needs discipleship. One person. I challenge you to think of this one person today. There are thousands of sheep out there. Thousands. Inside here, there are many that need to be brought back into relationship 
with their shepherd that needs to be discipled. They need healing. They need restoration. They need repentance. We must aggressively seek to reconcile lost sheep to their shepherd. And you and I are commissioned to do that. So when the shepherd returns, no one else got lost. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you because you've given us the opportunity to be found. You have put people in our lives to make sure that we are taken care of. But most of it, you have given us the challenge and the grace and the opportunity to also be participants in your kingdom and help taking care of the ones that you love so much. Lord, we thank you. We praise your name. Amen. Now, I'd like to call the graduates forward. Do we have graduates here today? Yes, we do. Who are my graduates? Awesome, guys. That's so great. Well, Midway United Methodist Church, these are our graduates. Aren't you proud of them? That's awesome. Hey, we've been, uh, we've been talking about them for, for weeks now, and, and we wanted so bad to recognize them. Uh, you know, if, if they were graduating from grad school, high school, any school, right? Uh, and these are our graduates today. They're here to, to receive a blessing, right? They are, they're here not only to show off and say, hey, I graduated from something, right? But they're here because as a church, it's also our responsibility to pray over them and bless them as they move forward in their lives. Amen? So we are now uh, recognizing them. And I'd like to invite you just to bow our heads. And uh, if, you, if you'd like to stretch your hands towards them and, and pray over them and bless them, please do. If you want to come here forward and, and bless them and pray for them, Please do, because they, uh, they need our prayers, right? <laughs> they do. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that uh, these uh, young people are here, Lord, and, and graduating, moving forward with their lives, Lord. Um, it's you, you, Lord, have blessed, has blessed them so far. Till this point, Lord, they have been extremely blessed by you. Your Holy Spirit is walking alongside them and has been doing that since they were very little. And now we pray that you continue, Lord, showing your love for them, walking alongside them, giving them direction, uh, showing them the way, the path uh, uh, ahead of them. Lord, we know that uh, we, have, we have already uh, passed this season in life, right, Lord, and in, in, in and Lord, you know that, uh, that how much uh, we needed you when we, were, uh, when we were going through that season of, of our lives, Lord. So we pray that your Holy Spirit is manifested in their lives in mighty ways. That when everything seems to be lost or 
or, or difficult, that you are with them. You are with them at all times, giving them the assurance that they are your sons and daughters and they will never be left, will be left behind. Lord, we thank you for them. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, there's a little gift for you here. Piper. Okay. Who doesn't like a good gift? Dawson. Lily. Kyle. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's awesome.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God in the communion with the Holy Spirit be with you all as you search for the ones that are, that are lost and make sure that no one else gets lost. Amen. Go in peace. been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.